It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Crowder trying to get him out of space, slopes a tackle, and there he goes! Crowder! It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there! A 69-yard touchdown. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh! Listen. Thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time for part two of the Thanksgiving weekend mailbag, the Black Friday edition, with our friend who does all the film over on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, The Thunder from Down Under, Mr. Luke Grant. So let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from Jesus De La Paz Jr. He says, if you had your choice of free agent tight end, would you go with Dalton Schultz, OJ Howard, Mike Gusecki, or David Njoku? Or if the draft tight end class is deep enough, would you rather go with a rookie or maybe sign an older tight end like Zach Ertz? Also should mention that I didn't include Ryan Griffin in this group just on principle. Copyright Chris Nimbley. <laughs> if you listen to the pregame reports, you know what that's about because whenever we do the touchdown prop bets, every time I bring up the odds for Ryan Griffin, he says no, just on principle. So <laughs> I think we should get a shirt made that just says Ryan Griffin, no, just on principle. If I had to pick from this list, no question about it, Mike Isecki. I don't think he's going to make it to free agency, but here's why. I think A, he's the best tight end on this list, and B, I would love the opportunity to steal him away from the Dolphins. But like I said, I think he ends up staying in Miami. I think O.J. Howard could be an interesting one. One name that you didn't put on here that I'm going to throw out, he doesn't have big numbers, but I see a lot of potential in him if he's used properly. And I know that my friend George Bremer likes him a lot. Mo Cox, the tight end on the Indianapolis Colts, is somebody that I would really look at. And then I'll be honest, I haven't really dove into the tight end class yet. For 2022, if there's somebody they like in the first couple of rounds, that could be a possibility. And then, like you said, maybe they get an older tight end like Ertz and they work him together with the younger guy. But either way, I think there's no question that the Jets realize they've got to make some sort of move at tight end because the aforementioned Ryan Griffin has to be a no just on principle. And they've got to do better at that spot because... For quite a while, it's more or less been a dead spot. It's like having a catcher who bats 100. At a certain point, no matter how good he is defensively, that becomes untenable. Even if you have a really good blocking tight end, if you have nobody that gives you anything offensively from that position, that becomes tough in the current NFL. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because obviously this offense and the system that Mike LaFleur comes from in San Francisco and the Shanahan scheme in Denver and all the way back to his dad, Mike, it's very heavily based on the tight end play. And we saw him struggling early in the season to get away from 12 personnel and his two tight end packages and using Trayvon West Coast. So I think he definitely still wants to do it. You can tell it's in his DNA as a play caller and as an offensive coordinator. I think Mike Jacecki is a great player as a receiver. I don't know he's the best fit for what he's looking for just because he's effectively just a power slot in the NFL. Now, I guess you can call it there's really a lack of blocking ability from Mike. They don't ask him to line up as a Y attached tight end uh, in Miami. 
in saying that he's still a great player. I just don't know if Mike Shanahan, sorry, if uh, Mike LaFleur would be the one to best utilize his skill set with what he's looking for in this offense. Uh, a name in the draft, I know he mentioned the draft as well, Jalen Weidemeyer. He's probably a guy that's the top of the tight end class coming out in 2022. Interested to see if the Jets are looking to take him. They've got two picks in the second round after the Sam Darnold trade to Carolina. So there's no doubt they need to improve it. I think Zach Hurts is still a guy that interests me. I know people say he's old and he's got a lack of explosiveness. You saw him for Arizona in the red zone on big downs, making plays, and that's what you need for a young quarterback. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. He says, why does it take the Jets five years to rebuild the offensive line and the Chiefs one year? Also, will that John Franklin Myers contract be a huge mistake? And look at what Trey Hendrickson, a target linked to the Jets all last year is doing in Cincy. Did they make a mistake not getting him? So let's go one by one here. Why does it take the Jets five years to rebuild the offensive line and the Chiefs one year? For starters... Joe Tooney went to the Chiefs, so that helps a lot. Look, when you're the Chiefs and you've got Patrick Mahomes and you've got that offense and you've got Andy Reid and you've got a team that is seemingly ready to compete for a championship right off the bat, it's a lot easier for you because guys want to play there. So that's a big part of this. Jets have a much bigger uphill battle. They've got to do it mostly through the draft, and so it's been a slower process. John Franklin Myers, will the contract be a huge mistake? We'll see. He's been okay since they signed him to that extension, but he hasn't been as good as he was before he got paid. That doesn't mean it's not going to change, but so far it's been a little lackluster. I like Franklin Myers. I still think that he's going to be a real good player, so I'm not worried about it yet, but it's possible that it could end up being a mistake. As far as Hendrickson, same situation. He's played great. If Carl Lawson doesn't end up being the guy that we were hoping for, and obviously he's missing this year with an injury, and Hendrickson continues to kill it in Cincinnati, then yeah, you're going to look back and second guess it, but We've got a ways to go before that. So let's see what happens over the next year or two. But yeah, no question. Hendrickson's been killing it. Lawson's out. And so you're going to look at this and say, hmm, I don't know. And you're going to continue to say that until Lawson steps on the field and does something or until Hendrickson cools off or both. Can I just say that the Kansas City offensive line was actually great last year. People just remember the Super Bowl run and obviously they had both their tackles out. They had Schwartz out and they had Fisher out on the other side who's still injured. Their line was great. To say they've rebuilt it right now, they've got Orlando Brown, who they traded for from the uh, Baltimore Ravens. He hasn't been playing great football since he's come across to play left tackle full-time. They've got Lucas Niang, who I think was out of Auburn off the top of my head. He was out with the COVID list. He was uh, exempt from playing last year. They've downgraded significantly at tackles. I think Patrick Mahomes has been under more pressure. So to say that they've rebuilt it, I think, is a stretch anyway. I think, if anything, they've taken a step backwards on paper in my eyes, just because people get so full by the Super Bowl and what the Bucs were able to do for uh, do against them. But yeah, look, the Jets have struggled to upgrade their offensive line. I think it's a bit of a moot point now because Joe Douglas is across it. The building blocks are there and Beckton, Elijah Vera Tucker, either Fant or Moses at right tackle, whatever they want to do moving forward. Maybe you take Evan Neal from Alabama and put him on the right side. But I think the foundations are there. So I'm not super worried about that or comparing it to the Chiefs because as you said, having number 15 back there, that helps you get contracts in free agency. It helps you get a guy like Joe Tooney who Jets fans have been enamored with for the last two seasons and rightfully so. He's a top five guard and was with New England as well. So that's kind of that topic. And then on John Franklin Myers, I thought he played, look, it sounds strange because he gave away the penalty that kind of cost the Jets the game on Sunday. But I thought JFM had his best game post-contract since the London game against Atlanta. I thought he was much more disruptive. He got tour off the spot quite a bit, even though he didn't get the sacks. I thought he and Quinn and both had really strong games. Look, I don't think... 
that the play of John Franklin Myers over the last three weeks is necessarily a reflection of how the contract's going to go. This unit's been struggling in general. They're struggling against the run, so maybe he's not getting off the ball as quickly because he's worried about the gap being gashed in the running game. There's a lot of factors that go into it. You don't know what's happening in personal lives, everything like that. But I think Franklin Myers is going to be still a really good player here for the Jets. And on Trey Hendrickson, look, I think they made the right choice with uh, Carl Lawson. Obviously, he tore the Achilles in the preseason. He never saw the field. People are going to remember that. But bottom line is, Trey Hendrickson was a product of the uh, the Saints system. He started well, but I'm still not sold that he's the guy. Next question comes in from Carl Wilms. He says, if the Jets do wind up with the number two overall pick, who do you think they should target? Everyone is talking about Stingley as a huge pro-ready corner, but I'm not sold on him. I do like Stingley a lot, so if they're at number two and they picked him, I wouldn't complain about it. What I would like to happen, and I'm not saying this will, is for one of these quarterbacks, I don't know, whichever one, whether it's Matt Corral or somebody else, to rocket up the board and wind up artificially pumped up to the number one overall pick. You remember it happened with Jared Goff, and to an extent it also happened with Carson Wentz. Most people did not believe those were the two best players in the draft, but because they were quarterbacks, they got pushed up the board. I'm hoping that happens, and then that would mean that Kayvon Thibodeau would slide down to the Jets at number two. If that happens, I'm sitting at number two, and I'm picking Kayvon Thibodeau, and that's the end of the story. Because Kayvon Thibodeau, I think you can make a credible case, is the best edge prospect since Miles Garrett in the 2017 draft. Absolute home run, and you can immediately put him right there with Carl Lawson and Mixon Bryce Huff, and all of a sudden the pass rush looks pretty nasty. And as you know, as a Jets fan, the Jets haven't had a true impact edge rusher since John Abraham. I've said that phrase so many times, and it's annoying, but it's also true. So if they stay at two, that would be what I'd be hoping for. If Thibodeau goes number one, then it's a different story. As you just mentioned before, Luke, maybe you get Evan Neal, maybe you get Stingley, maybe... There's a player that rises up the board that we're not even thinking about at that spot right now because we're so far removed from the draft process. Aiden Hutchinson, by the way, is another one that you could absolutely consider if he rises up the board. But if you're asking me right now what I would want to do, no question, if he's there at number two, give me Kayvon Thibodeau. Look, I think you mentioned the three names that if the Jets stay at Stan Pat and Thibodeau's gone at number one, it's, it's Neil, it's Stingley. And then you obviously have the possibility of Aiden Hutchinson out of uh, Michigan as well. Uh, you never know that maybe they draft a guy like Hamilton. I can't see it because I think like kind of my philosophy, Joe Douglas doesn't believe in taking a non-premium position that high in the draft. Uh, the safety obviously out of Notre Dame has played really well to start the year. He's an athletic freak. I think he's six foot four, but he's not so much like Isaiah Simmons who the Cardinals took in the top 10 a couple of years ago because he's really a true safety in the NFL and he has the range to play single high or in the box. But look, I think those three guys are probably what you're hoping for. Obviously, we're all hoping and praying that one of the quarterbacks starts playing well and then you can force Thibodeau, the, the uh, edge from Oregon, down to the Jets, a guy that gave Elijah Vera Tucker a ton of pressure, uh, a ton of trouble, sorry, when he was playing him against USC last year. But that's the best case scenario. As you said, though, we're a long way out from the draft. We're obviously sitting here six six months roughly from from sitting down at the end of April and, and seeing who the Jets pick. We don't know where they're picking, but right now I think take a premium position player and look, I'm not as low on Stingley. I think Stingley was incredible as a true freshman at LSU. We all saw what he did that year with Joe Burrow, a quarterback, and what he did as a corner. So it's an exciting class and I can't wait to see how it unfolds. Next question comes in from Jim D. He says, any update on Nasrul Dean? It appears he's barely playing when we keep hearing about the youth needing to play and gain experience. 
Are there any thoughts about moving him back to safety with all the depth issues? It's funny because I was noticing the same thing. I haven't been seeing Nasruddine on the field that much. I'm not entirely sure what's going on. Maybe he's not completely healthy yet. Maybe they're working him back in slowly. Maybe, as you just alluded to, they think he kind of needs some work at linebackers, so they're mixing and matching with him. I'm not entirely sure. And they do obviously have a lot of depth issues at safety, so maybe the thought is they'll eventually work him back into playing a little bit of that. Maybe he'll be a hybrid. But it is something to think about because, as you said, the coaching staff has said over and over again that this is all about the youth. And so Nasruddine, who got a lot of playing time early and then got hurt, hasn't been in as much. You definitely have to start asking questions about what's going on. Yeah, I think it's kind of twofold. I think the first thing is the Jets are playing a lot of this uh, nickel and dime coverage. You're going to see Michael Carter II in there a lot more than a third linebacker. So the Jets are kind of rolling with CJ Mosley, obviously, in the center of their defense. And then with, uh, with one of either Davis or on the weekend, we saw it was Quincy Williams. So I think that's one factor. But Mike, I would kind of urge the Jets to stay the course with Nasruddin at linebacker. You drafted him with a plan. I think it's dangerous to get away from that plan for short-term success and plugging a hole. They need to keep him a linebacker. They need to make sure that they figure out if he's the guy to play that will spot for the next four or five years. And that's what I do with uh, with Hamza Nasruddin. Next question comes in from Joe Horning. He says, with the impact Jamar Chase is having on the Bengals offense and Burrow's development, would you consider somebody like Wilson, Alave, London, or Burks in the first round if the Jets like Crowder walk more Wilson and Davis would be elite? Me personally, probably not, especially if the Jets end up with two top 10 picks. Now, if they trade down and get a bunch of picks, maybe. I just think wide receiver, while it's a need, it's not as big of a need. And with more getting better and better by the week, a combination of him, Davis, and maybe even somebody either in free agency or another second or third round wide receiver would be just fine. I wouldn't hate it if they traded down and got one of those receivers, but I don't think I would touch one of those guys that high. They just have bigger needs. And as you said, Luke, at premium positions is where you want to spend those picks. And that is where it seems Joe Douglas likes to do that. If they trade down and acquire more picks, then I think they're right in that range for Alave and Wilson, the two receivers out of OSU, maybe a guy like Drake London. But I, I don't want to take one of those players before 15 or 16 if I'm the Jets. I think they have too many holes to fill. Receivers a position of strength. You've got Elijah Moore, a.k.a. the uh, the mini Antonio Brown on the outside. I think there's, there's bigger fish to fry for the Jets this offseason than wasting, a, not wasting, but than using a first-round pick on a receiver. That's just my two cents anyway. Next question comes in from John Filippelli. He says, what is your expectation for Zach Wilson the rest of the way, assuming he plays the rest of the games? I don't know that I have expectations per se, but I have hopes. And here's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that Zach Wilson shows us more of what we saw against the Titans, but also mixes in a lot of what we saw from Joe Flacco this past week and some of what we saw from Mike White in that game that he had against the Cincinnati Bengals. And what I mean by that is, Checking down, taking what the defense gives you, being able to get rid of the ball effectively against the blitz, not making as many mistakes. I want to see a combination of that and the big plays. If he can do the boring things well, combine with the exciting things well, then you're going to be heading in the direction of the Jets being able to say, see, this is why we drafted him number two overall. This is exactly what we thought he could be. If he can do the boring things and the exciting things well together, he has an opportunity to be a really good quarterback in the NFL, and that's exactly why so many people were so high on him in the pre-draft process. 
Look, I think for Zach, you want to see him excel in the short part of the field, be decisive with his decision-making, be accurate. You don't want to see the Zach Wilson or the iteration of Zach Wilson you saw against the Atlanta Falcons. And then be free outside of structure. Make those plays like we saw against Tennessee. Just turn the ball over less than you throw touchdowns. Let's have a positive touchdown-to-interception ratio in the last seven or eight games. Let's see Zach Wilson take step forward, look confident. And I think having John Beck by his side is going to help on the sideline. That's what I'm hoping for. I don't want to put too many statistics or set too many bars. Let's just see him get better. Let's see him take strides with his confidence, decision-making, seeing the field, all those things. And I think you're going to have a much more competent Jets offense, and you're going to have a very high ceiling heading into 2022. That's going to wrap up part two of the Thanksgiving weekend mailbag. This, of course, the Black Friday edition. Always a fun time when we get to answer your mailbag questions. And it's also always a fun time to check out what we've got over at playlikeajet.com. Sharman Phillip has been doing the Lord's work, writing up recaps of the games that have been happening and doing it in a way that's obviously not just informative, but very entertaining. So make sure you're reading what he's been putting up there after the games and all the other stuff we've got up over at playlikeajet.com. Play Like a Jet YouTube channel is filled with fantastic videos. Luke Grant, the Thunder from Down Under, he's not worried about Thanksgiving because it's not really something that anyone celebrates down in Australia. So he's been busy creating fantastic videos for you to watch when you slip away from your family and you've had enough turkey, you're tired, you just want to be by yourself for a few minutes. Go and check out the videos. He put up a fantastic one on how Quinn and Williams absolutely dominated on Sunday against the Dolphins. And then, of course, how could he not put up a video of the incredible performance by Elijah Moore? That's all there using all 22 film. He's going to have plenty of new videos up beyond that as well. Check it out at the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Make sure you visit our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E Public. We've got incredible artwork courtesy of Luke's girlfriend, Alex. You can find her on Instagram at underscore can I be frank. Some of the best artwork you will see on any t-shirts anywhere. I promise you that. We've got the Zach Says Go Long shirt. That's our most popular one. Perfect time to get it right now because Zach will be back this weekend against the Texans in Houston. So if you want to get that and support him, go ahead and do that. You could also get the Zach the Ripper shirt. That one's there as well. The Bless You Thank You shirt with Quinn and Williams and John Franklin Myers, the dynamic duo. You can get that one. Even the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, an oldie but a goodie. It's there. All of it can be purchased, not just in shirt form. You can also get a mug or you can get a mask, whatever it is you want. It's all there at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E public.com. Make sure you follow Luke on Twitter at LukeGrant7. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeJet1. And be sure to give the podcast a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.